0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Ain't No Seats. All right, folks, what's good? Another episode of No Seats Podcast, and it's a big one. Uh, We are fresh off one of the big, and we'll talk more about this, but I think it's one of the biggest regular season Kansas football wins of all time. Maybe the biggest home win in Kansas football history. We are fresh off Kansas beating number six OU. Uh, let's see, I, I pulled up a tweet here. It snapped a 26-year losing streak to Oklahoma. Is that right? Yeah, that is... 97. Yeah, 97. I, I'm having a rough time comprehending that that was 26 years ago. That was why I uh double-took that. But, uh, it's KU's first top-10 win since 2008, um, and it gave its first top-10 win in Lawrence since 1984. So, it was a wild, wild, wild football game, but the vibes have never been higher for a Kansas football team as they currently are right now, or at least in a long time. So I'll start with you, B-Turn. We were there. We were watching together. It was a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, how are you feeling?
1: Yeah, it's wild because lo- I'm sitting there thinking, like, there's no way we should ever lose this game. And then it went from how the hell did we win that game? Jason Bean completes the pass on fourth and sixth to Lawrence Arnold, and the booth was still super loud, even though a lot of fans had to leave. I guess didn't have to leave, but left during the weather delay, Um, so the crowd was still great, and yeah, what a win, I'm not shocked, like this, I feel like years ago, like when we beat Texas with Beatty, you make the KU beat Texas jokes forever, but that was when KU football was a joke, and now just feels legit, and they're going to compete every week, so I wasn't shocked, obviously super pumped, but Kansas, I think AB tweeted about it, but Kansas was better than OU, like flat out better the entire game Oh, you didn't play mad at all KU was just better and they were the team that deserved to win and they ended up winning the game yeah
0: it's crazy that uh, we laugh at how in the world did we win the game but also if you really go back and look we should have won that game much easier than we did Um, AB I'll kick it to you you were watching um, from the warmth of your home which I am yeah in hindsight not that jealous of but I was very jealous throughout Mm -hmm. that entire game um, give me some of your, give me some of your takes. You said you've got
2: some takes, but yeah, I, I threw them all out. Yet. No, no. Uh, my biggest one is, I don't know if it says more about KU or Oklahoma, but I feel like every time we play teams like Oklahoma, Texas, they just look like different human beings than the guys in the KU Ku uniforms. Yesterday didn't really look like that. Like, and that might say a lot about Oklahoma too. They got a lot of dorky looking dudes on the team, but, um, they, it wasn't like a mismatch physically. And the other thing, KU didn't even play that well. Like, they were, they did enough to win, but God, look at how many mistakes they made, especially late in the game. And to still be able to pull out a game against the top 10 team playing your, what, B B or B-minus game? Like, it just uh, the the ceiling is the roof, as Michael Jordan would say. It's, it's kind of crazy to, like, back, backup quarterback so many mistakes. And they still be the team that was in playoff contention with the Heisman front runner ish going into you know yesterday morning.
0: It really is crazy, and like B turn, I kind of like I've been I meant to go back and watch the fourth quarter and just ran out of time today. But I kind of think of the game as almost like three parts, where it's like, or maybe even like well, four quarters, but no, not like that. But like it's uh, you know the beginning of the game, the weather's pretty nice. We're all looking around like, wow, we got lucky. Pretty nice weather here. Pick six early. Booth, you know, going absolutely bananas. We're up 14-0. You feel really, really good. And uh, then we have the forward progress call, which insane. I'll let you probably talk about that, b because you were talking about it for four straight hours after it happened. But then you have yeah. the delay. OU gets a little momentum because of that call. You have the delay. And so fresh out of the delay is like part two of the game where OU kind of starts to to take a little bit of control, they head into the half with a lead. Um, and then the third quarter is a blur. I don't remember anything about it. But the fourth quarter is one of the craziest quarters of football that I've ever, ever witnessed. So we'll get to all that. But I I, I want to start at that forward progress call, B-Turner. Maybe even start with, like, what was your mindset as we we're up 14-0 looking like we're about to get the ball back, if they call that correctly? And instead, it's immediately 14 7. And then, like I said, by the time we're down a half. So, like, I don't know. Talk me through what your confidence level went from yeah. down to what after all that happened.
1: Yeah. Cause OU had been making mistakes early. Gabriel obviously threw the pick six. Our offense was moving it. So they obviously handed it off um, up the middle and we forced a fumble. Craig Young picks it up. And the crazy thing is, I don't, AB, I don't know if I'm right here, but it looks like Craig Young could have like scored on that play. He picked it up and literally ran to the outside, the right sideline. It looked like he could have scored. But yeah, it looked like the running back was still moving forward. It's tough from the game to really say that. Like at home, you're going to hear the announcers, you're going to hear everyone talk through it, whatever. But the video looked like the running back was still moving forward. The O line was pushing him forward. The ball was clearly out. We clearly recovered it. Um, but I talked to, I got on the live with Kent after the game and he said, kind of watching it more, maybe it was forward progress, but. Other people said they blew the whistle after the ball was already out. So I don't know. That just that was tough because, like I said, we had been moving the ball. It was 14-0. It would have been our ball if we put a drive together there. You're starting at the five or whatever. You're taking off a ton of time, um, and it just felt like it killed the momentum. And then there's seven free points for OU. So I I don't AB. I'm sure you have more since you watched it from home. But I yeah, like a, Ryan said, I couldn't get over that play. And if we would have lost, I'd still be talking about it because yeah.
0: Why, when that all happened, were you melting down about that call or was it, it wasn't until really, I mean, obviously I, you know, I boo in the crowd. If I, if the crowd thinks we got screwed, but it's not really until I see what Twitter is saying until I, uh, really form my opinions. And it was like concerning when everyone on Twitter, let's be honest, my Twitter couldn't be more Homer KU, but it was even like, OU fans were like, wow, Mm -hmm. that was a, that was a bad call. And so like, Was it clear at home on TV that it was a bad
2: car? Did they just kind of brush by it? It wasn't super clear. They did talk about it on the broadcast and they were, they brought in Blandino, which though, by the way, those referee analysts are always wrong. They've never been right once when they come on and tell you what it's going to happen. Um, but they said like, it was kind of a 50 50. Um, it's just like a gray area kind of thing. But when I saw it, they kept saying the whistle blowing is what matters. This, the swipe strip and ball was out before the whistle blew. So that's when I got like really, really frustrated. Um, but there were, it wasn't that call. The call that made me the most upset was the, uh, there were two. They kind of go together. The Craig young late hit. They called same drive as the fumble. Yeah. Drake Stoops is tiny. He didn't even think about falling over in yeah. the rain on a sloppy sideline. It it's just, like, he- like he escorted him out of bounds. It was yeah. so soft. It was literally the softest thing I've ever seen. But to follow that up, and I'm sure we're going to talk about Bean sliding at the end shard line because that's just an outrageous move. They called targeting. How is that not just a late hit in general? The guy didn't hit Bean until he was two yards into the end zone, and it's like if you're going to call that soft shit on the sideline with Drake Stoops earlier in the game, you'd think the quarterback would get protected when he clearly gives himself up. That's where they're spotting the ball, and two yards later, he gets smoked. So to me, when they were reviewing the targeting, I was everyone's like, Bean, what an idiot. I was sitting there like, even if it's not targeting, you have to call something because that's like the most that's blatant true. latest shot I, I have ever seen, ever. But yeah, because if they know, don't know, call that right. targeting and they don't call late
0: hit, like you said, I, I mean, mean, is I mean, now we laugh at it, but uh-huh. had it been
2: a turnover on downs, it's because I wouldn't have or... had confidence on fourth and goal from the half yard line. I had no For... confidence inside the ten all day. I just I remember the moment oh my we turned the crowd and Allen standing behind us. And B, it looks like,
0: I mean, it looks like he could freaking cartwheel into the end zone. And our whole little group just starts going nuts. And me and are just turn to each other and we're like, no, he slid. And we're like telling him all to stop going crazy. I've never seen that. That was like Montel Cozart fumbling a spike type bad, but it was in a massive football game. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I feel like we're on a weird tangent here with officiating and, and the bad parts, but. It was just, I think the overall point is, it was just a crazy, crazy football game. Um, I couldn't even, was the bean
1: slide in third quarter, fourth quarter? I don't even know. Like I said. And what down was it? Was it it going to be fourth and inches at the one? What do you think our play call is there on fourth and inches at the one? And do we, and do we score? No, no. But yeah, like where
0: I said. and nine on fourth downs, I think we were at least heading into that. I guess now we're not because bean converted on big play but yeah go ahead
1: we were we just we were behind KU sidelines so where they were going in the end zone everything's blocked by the O-line and it just feels like a and Bean's fast as hell we saw that on the touchdown run it just feel like you said a clear path to the end zone everyone basically was cheering like you said and then yeah me and Rye oh my god that hurt and then yeah the penalty came but like it should have been two penalties it sounds like I think that someone was saying that it was a bad call um that it wasn't shouldn't have been targeting or something because it wasn't he slid yeah. He sort of launched his whole body at him. It is yeah, like, it's like the Jason Bean experience, like overall, is just incredible because obviously Stillwater haven't talked about that game. It still hurts me. It will hurt me for a long time, I think. But he was the best QB I've ever watched for 34 minutes. He had like 400 passing yards and five passing touchdowns. And then he turned it over twice in the second half. And then, yeah, this same game, you feel like you should win. We did win, but felt like we should run away with it maybe put it away he turns it over twice late um in our own territory one was close to midfield I don't know where we were but those it's just wild but he's he balls out too he makes huge plays he makes the fourth and six throw to Arnold and he ripped it right to him and then yeah the touchdown run was nuts perfect perfect read by him he kept it took off scored and A B how I guess let's talk about being um a little more after I ask you this but How bad were the two-point conversions by KU? The one, he was wide open in the back of the end zone, Bean just threw it into the dirt, but 0-3 on two-point conversions where we could have went up like a full touchdown on both, Uh or all three.
2: Yeah, it was real. I was was at the point where I was really annoyed because Oklahoma wasn't getting them either, and there was a point as a football fan where I watched these guys try and throw these crazy fade patterns and Miss wide-open dudes, and I'm watching both teams run for, like, six yards of carry. I'm like, just run the ball. And then, KU you tried to run the ball and got tackled for a loss of, like, 17 on the play. Um, but, yeah. You're going to run it. It was just... It made the whole fourth quarter feel like no one was ever comfortable. That may sound stupid to say, but, like, if you're up seven points, you don't want overtime. You still want to stop. It's not the end of the world. And neither team could ever figure that out. It was... It was bizarre.
0: It... It really was a weird, like, and I feel like Bean was definitely, the pressure was getting to him. It was very clear, which I then think was making it very hard for Kotelnicki to probably run the playbook he wanted to run, because it's like, you know, the crowd saying, run the ball, run the ball, go back to Wildcat. But, I mean, like B-Turn said, you see those moments where Jason Bean is just slinging the ball around the field. He looks like a freaking pro NFL quarterback. So it's like, He's just a tough. I don't know how I tweeted that he's the best, worst quarterback I've ever seen, but I think a better way to like almost describe him is I genuinely do not know if somebody has a bigger gap between the floor they can have during a game and the ceiling that they can have during the game, right? You know, like his peak at times is unbelievable, but three drives later, he can look like the legitimate worst quarterback you've ever seen on a football field. And I think that's why, you know, I didn't want we didn't want to come on here and like make it sound like we're slandering Jason Bean. I think part of the reason it's so frustrating is because we know how good he can be. And it feels like the mistakes he makes, the interceptions he throws are more of like a a mental thing, a focus thing than it is a talent thing at all. So the Jason Bean experience is is unlike
1: any experience in the world. Like, uh, yeah, like the last drive, uh, the game winner, um, or the, the drive to put us ahead, obviously he utilized his legs. Um, he obviously made that throw to Arnold, but yeah, it feels like the pressure sometimes gets to him. But like you said, there's, there's instances where he just looks incredible. I remember one, when he's rolling out, right, he slings it to Grimm on the sideline. And that was a huge play too. I think that ended up being like a 30 yard penalty on Oklahoma. It was like a personal foul. And then maybe Venables got a penalty, yeah yeah, like it's just first read he just goes so I was on fourth and six I don't know how you guys felt but I was like there's no way felt like fourth and one again and Stillwater and I was like Like, there's no way let's be
0: honest our group was it was a negative vibes were negative vibes were not good Alan just kept saying wait were you oh you weren't even there everyone's being so negative B-turn stormed off
2: and went to a different section of the Mm -hmm. the, uh, he's like the cheerleaders did he go to a different
1: section every quarter I want to say, um, before we keep going in on being, I do want to say our defense. Because Oklahoma, and like AB said, they always have studs, um, elite athletes. All they needed was one first down, that game's over. And they, I think they forced like a third and 12 or something. And they were actually lined up on fourth to go. I don't know if they were going to go, actually. But that stopped by the defenses. That, cha- that obviously... Helped you win the game. You get a first down, it's over. So yeah, the de- I thought the defense was really good. Gabriel, I know conditions were tough, but they they got a pick six. He wasn't really super effective through the air. I know they ran it effectively for a while, but that stop by the defense was massive.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially in a moment like I was just saying, like the crowd was not. There was no hope that we were going to get a stop there. Like it felt very much like that second pick in a row was the ender. Like it just felt like that was it. There's no way we can get the ball back and defense was some of the only people inside that entire place that had hope uh, of us still getting a stop and and getting the ball back. I don't, I don't know how I feel about, I thought Venables was bad and. Oh, I'm glad you brought him up. I have so many (laughs) things to say. I think I saw, well, let's, I think we're going to take a quick break here, but so we can think about it and come back and talk about Venables. But yeah, I, I think they only threw like 19 times and very, very conservative in times where it felt like they could have just gone out and won it, but let's, uh, let's talk home field and we'll come back and we'll do a little talk about Venables OU, but all right, boys. Home field, I'm not even gonna pull up the ad read. I'm just gonna talk because we do this every week. We love them. They're the goats. They're the best. I say it all the time. If you're looking for different, unique KU gear, there's absolutely no other place you should be looking other than homefieldapparel.com. On top of that, if you're looking for uh, apparel for your wife, your girlfriend, your friend, for Christmas, we got Christmas coming up, sneaking, mm-hmm. sneaking mm-hmm. up. Um, go to Homefield. They're a Missouri fan. The Missouri stuff's good. The K State stuff's good. The, what's the school I always reference? Idaho? Yeah. The Vandals. The, the Vandals, their stuff's electric. I mean, Homefield. They're just phenomenal. They take the absolute best possible designs they could and that the school has used in the past and they turn it in to to great merch that fans have been asking for for years and years and years. So we love Homefield. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Give them a look. We promise you will not regret it. Uh, Here's a quick break and we will be right back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay. So, AB, I guess my takes on Venables were like, felt like he was almost playing scared to death to lose that game. Like, I even like uh, at the end of the first half, we were all mad. Lance used that timeout, and Venables just comes out and kneels the ball, or runs. I can't even remember what they did, but the hope, like, but here's the thing about Venables is when I am the opposing fan. And I'm always happy with the decision the other coach is making. I feel like that tells you a lot. And I was always happy that Venables was either not going for it or not trying to get a first down or, like, things like that. So I don't know. that I was shocked at how kind of conservative he played. But maybe that's a a testament to KU and how, like, truly scared
2: he was of, of losing that game. But what are your takes? It just didn't make sense. Like, it's like when the lightning delay happened, he got struck by lightning and lost all of his aggressiveness. Honestly. I just went back and looked to make sure I wasn't seeing things. There were The first two possessions, he went forward on fourth down twice. He felt more open through the air. Lightning delay happens. He runs it 17 times in a row, very effectively, of course, but I don't know if you guys were aware of that at the game. They kept mentioning that on the broadcast. Um, and then once the delay gets over, he just stops being aggressive. You mentioned right before halftime, that was insane to me. There was another time, I have it written down here, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. They're down 32-27. Yeah. There is, eight minutes to go, obviously, third and six. They run like a QB draw for two or three yards, so it's fourth and three, fourth and four, at midfield, and he punts the ball. To me, and it obviously, Bean then throws the pick, OU scores, didn't really matter. But in the moment, it's like, you're down more than a field goal with eight minutes to go against a team that loves to run the ball there are a few first downs away from this being over, and you're punting. Yeah, exactly. It just we it were didn't make any, it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Every time, and even I, I wanted them to go for it on fourth and seven before they got the delay of game or false start or whatever it was at the end of the game before the game winning drive. Yeah. Because I just, maybe it's just me remembering Oklahoma teams from years past. I'm horrified of their offense, and I'm horrified of our defense when those two go against each other. I thought they were for sure getting the fourth and seven, and then just a mental blunder in that spot, to me, almost comes down to coaching too. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. You even it, let that be a possibility of happening. I right. If they were
0: really – I don't even know. Are we 100% – I never saw a post game. Were they really going to go for it there? Did
2: anyone ask him that? Uh, I didn't. I don't I didn't think there's it. any way. I was, well, but, like, what else were
1: they going to do? They're at the 33-yard line or something? Yeah, but then you give uh, – I think it was around that, but then they – no, I guess before the penalty. Yeah. yeah. But was, then the question is like fourth and seven, but then if you don't get it though, like I feel like fourth and two or fourth and three would be different if you don't get it. And mm-hmm. is gonna get the ball at like the forty and have to go. I know our field goal unit's not bad, but they only would have had to go like 50, 40 yards or so. Oh, I know. But, but then you pin KU. I don't know. I don't think we would have went I think I would be mad if we went for it, but yeah, it's kind of no man's land. The thing before the half, that that was weird to me too. Obviously conditions were weird. Um, and it was tough, so you probably had to throw the ball, but why not run the ball on first and maybe get a drive starter, to go and feel out a drive, and yeah. then try to go get points or something, but yeah, that was, that was something. The That's thing almost about- what they did, though. They ran it
2: for like eight or nine yards on first down before the half, and then they took the knee. Yeah. Okay. Like, the guy ran out of bounds, I think, or got tackled on the sideline, but he, they definitely ran a play. It wasn't very aggressive, but I mean, if you got yeah. one more yard, are they going to kneel on first and ten? Like, The downs don't really matter at that point. I feel like the fact if
0: they would have actually been planning to go for it on that fourth down, to me if you're them, you're thinking if we pin Bean inside the 10-yard line, 15, even the 15-yard line after seeing what he had just done the last two possessions you're sitting there saying, there's no shot that guy does that. Instead, well, and I don't know, I mean the punters still didn't make, clearly didn't, didn't have a good punt, but I don't know. It's crazy. I don't want to spend too much time on Venables, but I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page of like that guy felt like he was terrified. And maybe that is how good Lance and this team has become. But like, he was very much not playing to win that game. He was just praying he was going sneak to out, sneak out without losing. And I don't know. I, I We'll see how OU does the rest of the season. I, I think they maybe... You know, they're still very good, but I don't think they're maybe quite what we thought they were, but uh doesn't take anything away from KU. But KU takes on that before
1: we can uh are right, you go ahead, B I just think the crazy thing to me is like we, we were sitting there questioning what the weather or who the weather would um benefit. And I feel like years ago, like we would have just got pounded on the ground. Like we would have when it was twenty one seventeen or whatever, they took the lead or twenty-one fourteen. Um, we would have just got blown out. Like we would have lost by three, four. old KU would have lost by three, four scores, but we were able to just move the ball effectively, um, go hat on hat with OU and run the ball on them at will. Like we, what is it? 41 for 225 and four rushing touchdowns. Crazy th- about that. And that's another play we haven't talked about, A- is um, Highshaw's touchdown on the phantom hold on Reed Adams. That was, was 20 or 30 more yards and that would have been touchdown number three for Shaw. And essentially um, the game. Like, yeah. 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 That was so, crazy. Yeah. Well, that would have been five touchdowns, three for high shots. So, yeah, the rain benefited us, I would say. Um, and that's, that's wild to me to say KU was better than OU in the rain, the weather. No. Was- How much of that did
2: you guys see, that holding call on Reed Adams? We couldn't tell. I mean, we saw the
0: replay and immediately raged. And I think we were also on Twitter raging about
1: it. it. Felt like the, the D back kind
2: of like just turned his back to Reed yeah. Adams and just gave up kind of what it looked like plus it was a much bigger fellow blocking a much smaller fellow and that's just always going to look illegal but it's when i got
0: home and really looked at it it made me even more mad like if we would have lost that game that and the forward prog i mean this pod well we wouldn't have done the pod let's be honest we'd be an absolute
1: meltdown the lead backer and chiefs and you know so uh it but- just it felt late it felt like a late call i don't know what the commentators said about it but that didn't feel like a whole yeah day. Uh, they were kind of
2: fifty. They were kind of fifty fifty, and said the same thing we kind of just did. That it looked like the guy was turning himself, but I don't know. It looked like a hold, but I don't think it was a hold. Was my final like thought on it.
1: And then we left. We left the forty yard field goal short. Oh my god! Yeah,
2: we gotta we gotta talk about that whole. Or I guess
0: let's just talk about we it. recover the kickoff. Let's just talk about the fourth quarter. Yeah. So like, at what point? Yeah. Let's do it. What at what point does. Bean slide. Nick, if you have that info, is that in the fourth th- quarter? Is that in the third quarter? I'm just trying to think of when chaos starts oh, wow. to ensue. Does it start all... I think it maybe starts on their fumbled kickoff, where we get the ball inside the 20. Uh-huh. And again, it, it reminded me of that Oklahoma State game where we like we have the ball in the red zone, and it feels very much like... I think we... Did we have 30? I don't know. It feels like if Bean scores there, we are running away with that Oklahoma State game and said he throws a just terrible pick, and we all know what happens. KU doesn't score again, and Oklahoma State wins the game. This time, was it, you, we were starting to have those flashbacks. We're inside the 20, and you just feel, okay, we score here, we're very much in control of this game, and instead, the holding call happens, and then, I don't even remember. How did we end up, oh, we, do we run it on second and third, or do we pass on second and
2: third and then miss the field goal? I got it. Uh, high shot penalty, run for three, incomplete, run for one. We ran on third and 15.
1: Oh, get the field goal range, yeah, yeah. Try to get into better, yeah. And he left a I, was it online, AB, the field goal, or was it yeah, never? It was left, too.
0: Yeah, I heard. I it. mean, it,
1: it
2: it looked like it could. It was one of those where it's like just hang on, just hang on. And then clearly, I when he kicked it, I remember being, Peter just yells, He didn't even get
1: it there. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh my God! We recovered. Where did we start the drive? Because yeah, I I called the I called them dropping the kickoff. I thought we were due for a break, and the guy was like stumbling around trying to, and it just looked awkward. And yeah, we recovered it. I think we started at the twenty. We had to. Yeah, he says the it That
2: guy. That guy was a defensive end, by the way. That muffed that, If
1: we Go get, Dude, yeah, if we so... punch it in, <laughs> he was terrified there's just multiple instances in this game and in Stillwater where we could have scored, put the game away. Um, We kind of, the one in Stillwater. I don't really know what to say about the calls there, but we were up two inside the 30. We score there. You're up nine. That's two scores. And then, yeah, the high shawl run and that could have probably put it away. I know I'm not going to say two scores is insurmountable, but yeah, that to not get any points there and start at the 20 and you don't even turn the ball over just hurt and, but all this stuff went against KU, and they found a way to win. And I was telling Kent, like, when's the last time we really won a tight, at least league game like this? Was it like West Virginia, which we were down like the whole game? We came back. We kept being down 14. Um, Nevada's obviously not in the mm-hmm. league, but that game was close this year. but It was just a weird game, but we hadn't really won any tight games. Even the conference game we won last year was um, Oklahoma State with Rangel. Um, wow. Yeah, wow. Texas and Austin. Yeah, that one is a tight one, but yeah. We needed we, to win a close one, and that gives them confidence going forward. And like,
0: we either dominated teams, or we had not dominated, but like very much were in control, or, or had the Texas game. And then, yeah, we lose the Oklahoma State game, which is just no, brutal. No, but no, 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 so, no. so that starts a string of just chaos, like I said. And, uh, we missed the field goal. It is what it is. That's awful. <laughs> couldn't even awful, get it there. Just an awful swing, though. Like, that's about the thing that you look back on a loss and just it makes you bang your head against the wall because you're like, you go from thinking you're about to knock it in for seven at like, or three, worst case, and instead they have the ball, they have all the momentum, and I think they then come down and score, correct?
2: No, they punted. They went oh, three and out. Yeah, so this starts the bean. Or not three and out. Is this yeah. when Bean throws his first pick that gets deflected? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, was that just blanket coverage and a bad decision, or was it a was it both and just a bad throw? Yeah. All
2: of them. It was, it, I don't I don't want to say too much. I don't want to be too negative. He just He knows who he's um, throwing.
0: We're decisions. gonna get very positive here in a bit. I just wanted to talk through all this. Can I, I I when literally this, could not keep it all
1: Can I ask you in, one question? In this moment, who are we picking? A B, can I ask yeah. you just one quick question? Like mm-hmm. quick answer. On the second two point conversion to Cardell when he just literally snapped it, stared him down, was that was that an obvious penalty on OU or remember Cardell like the two point conversion like at the start of the end zone? It looked like he was just uh-huh. draped by the D back. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't remember to be honest with you. We
0: were pretty sensitive in the crowd because of how mad we yeah. were about all the other stuff. So it is always hard to tell, like if it's like Allen Fieldhouse when it's angry. It's like everything is a bad call. So it's <laughs> But um yeah, I don't know. I don't even really I don't know if
2: I remember that one either. But I was so, getting really negative about being. I was taking like notes on my phone during the game. And after that first pick I, I started writing just I was a mess. It was like... If if KU ends up losing, this is the most deflating Kansas football season of my life, which feels impossible.
1: Dude, but... Because... If we we would have lost both Oklahoma games uh, to Oklahoma teams this year, that, like, there's no way we should have lost both. I think, personally, we should have won both. But if we would have found a way to lose both of those, and then we're five and three, and our whole fan base is worried about getting another win to go to a bowl game, like, there's no way we should have lost both. I'm glad they found a way to go one and one because we were the better team, I felt like, in both games. I was telling my brother today, like, that if we lose that game, like, if Bean
0: comes out again and throws like a third pick, I truly <laughs> think that is a game that like could deflate an entire season. Like, I think it's one that maybe you never recover
1: from. And <laughs> I can't stop laughing at the drive where he threw the pick on the screenplay. And the first play of that drive, he just absolutely threw it right in the numbers to the defender. And all of our faces are like, what is he I doing? Imagine us, like, imagine us so mad about the kickoff
0: thing and all that, but in the missed field goal. But like imagine being an OU fan. Like they also that's what was so nuts about the fourth quarter. It was just just awful play after awful play. And yeah, that was well I think that was what made. The bean stuff was so frustrating because he gets away with one. He throws it right to him. He gets away with one, and you're like, oh, okay, wow. That works Good. back throw, but we get it back. We're fine. Compose yourself, and then next play, bing, right off the guy's hands, right into the other guy's hands. Feels like we're in a really tough spot. Um, they score the touchdown where we miss. I mean, we have Gabriel sacked in the in the backfield, don't we, essentially? And he we miss the tackle, and he scores. And then Bean comes right back out
1: and. We got to midfield, right? I don't even remember. Yeah. Uh, on the screen to Neil. And AB, yeah. I didn't see it very well, but how much room did Dev have there if the D lineman or he got it over the D lineman? I heard like he could have scored or would have been a big time pickup. If. Wait, which one? Devin Neal on the screen. Oh, on the, on on the in interception?
2: Vic... Oh, oh I've, I thought you were talking about like one of the plays before where he flipped one over the top to Bean and he ran for like 10 yards. No, like the screen was... The the interception, I mean, yeah, it was really that lineman in front of them, and Neil had two or three guys right there to block and lead away. So, I mean, like, the play call, I guess, worked, but the end just read it like a book. It was just like, it was so... To have it happen, like, to be where the
0: crowd is that uncomfortable as we were and that stressed about being as we were, to then throw an interception to a fat lineman was just the most worst possible scenario. And like I said, I mean, B-turn, I thought
1: you just went home. Uh, well, I was walking around the bowl, and I just – obviously, in the back of my head, I know we have three timeouts, but I'm listening to Brian Haney talk, and and I just hear, and the defense stops him again. It's third and 12. And so I, I found myself in the student section, um, and – for the 4th and 7, I was nervous. By the way, that is across, directly
0: across from where we were sitting.
1: Yeah, I was taking laps because I, I still needed a way to get home no matter what. Kane and them stayed. But, yeah, the 4th and 7, I guess we can get back to that play. That's kind of a tough down and distance, um, especially in those conditions, not being able to throw. But, yeah, the 4th and 7, I was still nervous. And then we get the ball back. And for Bean to have the composure, or whatever you want to call it, to complete that pass on the 4th and 6 after – he just threw back-to-back picks. is huge. Like I would have thought, he'd freak out, evade the pocket, throw it away, or take a sack, or try to run and slide short. But he just zips it to Arnold, and the, that place went nuts. But that was that's just massive. Like we we've talked about, Bean. He shouldn't be in these situations regardless. Like we were blessed. He came back, and I think it was uh, Mason Fairchild yesterday. How. Bean was on the fence about leaving and they were begging him to come back. Like, Jason, come on, like, come back one more year. Like, we got a lot of momentum going forward. And so, yeah, he shouldn't even be in these situations. But look at his look what he's done. Like, they go into Stillwater. He throws for 400 plus, five touchdowns. We had a chance to win. And then they, like you said, arguably won the biggest regular season game in KU history at home after making all those mistakes and still being able to beat Oklahoma in the end. Can I ask you this, Braden?
2: Yes. I asked Ryan earlier. Doctor comes up on Wednesday and says, J.D.'s good to go. He can play. Do you, I know we all would put J.D. in. Does Lance put J.D. in? Because, I mean, on the surface, and I was trying to say it, on the surface, it's in almost diabolical to pull the starting quarterback for someone else after beating a top 10 team. Like, doesn't really happen. Not a lot of opportunity for it to happen. Weird scenario we have. I would start JD. Do you think Lance will I mean, just switch like back Dak. whenever he's healthy, or is it Jason? Yeah. Bean's it's like job a Dak Prescott, Tony Romo situation. Uh-huh. I like Dak was good, but yeah, I'll let you
0: answer.
1: Return because I already gave AB my answer, but I'm curious what you said. I don't know. I I think it's tough because Bean obviously has he's produced. Like he's he had big games last year. Um, obviously the last two weeks they could have won both games, so it's kind of tough because what if JD comes in, he looks rusty, and then the fan base kind of turns not turns on JD but kind of like is asking Lance like why why is B not in he just won the biggest game in KU history so it's tough because JD could look rusty but then I feel like we said that against Illinois who obviously Illinois didn't prove to be really that great of a team but we were nervous JD had the back issues going into the season and then they announced him as the starter against Missouri State doesn't play but he still looks fine against Illinois he made some crazy plays in that game um, so obviously JD is more talented He's the better decision maker, but yeah, I think it could be tough on Lance because first off, he's going to have a hard time even telling Bean that he's not the starter after what he's done just as a whole at KU. Yeah, I mean, so
0: what I told AB is like, I get it on paper, it does look crazy, but There's just no way. I mean, this team, if you plug Jalen Daniels into this team the rest of the season and he's truly healthy, not like a – it's a different story if the doctor's like, yeah, he can go, but, you know, he's not going to be himself. Yeah, then I may be saying, yeah, let's roll B now. But I think this team, and we're going to get to this, and this is the best part of what we're about to do, I think this team with Jalen Daniels healthy at quarterback can freaking win out and make a Big 12 championship game. Like, I know it that even if they do win out, that doesn't guarantee anything. But I think Jalen Daniels puts – we've seen the Big 12. We know what the Big 12 is now. And you cannot tell me there's a single game left on our schedule outside of K-State, but I don't care what you say. There's no way you convince me that K-State is far and above better than us. So it's like, if you tell me we can get Jalen Daniels back in – at Iowa State, who's actually, you know, Iowa State's solid. Well, one point favored as of now, I bet that moves to them being favored by by kicking. I think it might have. They are yeah. their favorite. Yeah. So it, I just think, Jay, you have to go back to Jalen Daniels. And it is not like B Turn said, we're going to look back on this season and like we probably do not make a bowl game potentially without Jalen or without Jason B. Because if you're rolling out, I don't know Cole Ballard. The th- I don't know who would be playing quarterback right now, and so you're probably you're definitely not winning against OU. You're probably not winning uh, against UC. I don't know UCF.
2: Right, they're all we
0: would a... have played quarterback, and we'd have won that game. But yeah, that, my point <laughs> is like Bean. Bean has been missed. still has 30 wins. Exactly what we needed him to do. But now it's. Yeah, I mean, if JD's ready, you go to
1: him. Yeah, and it's it's just wild what jd's capable of i mean last year he looked he obviously sat for a while looked a little rusty late in the year um but then the bowl game he did something like we've never seen like he set bowl game records so he's capable of just massive nights he's a great decision maker moves the chains like ku is so freaking good on third downs when he's the quarterback so yeah he's capable i think of beating most teams in the country um so yeah i i i guess just like what what If you guys are Lance, like what's going through your head? What do you think is going through his head? Well, I forgot to make my last point, which goes with this. If I'm
0: Lance, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, we've got Iowa State. It's a one-point game. It's going to be a very close, stressful game. And then maybe hopefully Cincinnati's not stressful, and hopefully Texas Tech's not stressful. But you've got to think they're all probably going to be single-digit games in the fourth quarter. So to me – Ab is literally growling like a dog at these takes, so I'm excited to hear. But like, my point is, we feel pretty good, and I think based on that reaction, Ab, that you feel pretty good about us playing in four close games to end this season. And there's no, oh, okay, you're the you're the reverse. But either way, my throttle two of them. My point is, if we are in close games, I want Jalen Daniels on the football field. I just do. The guy is nails and big moments. And even though I know Jason Bean was clutch on that 4th and 6th, I don't think Jason Bean can sit and film this week and look at Lance and say, hey, I deserve that job over Jalen this week. It's not the Bean was horrific, but he, I don't know. It. We were very close to having a whole podcast about how Jason Bean single-handedly lost us that football game. And so... That's just, it's more of a, it's more of how much I trust Jalen Daniels.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm just so ready for the Jalen Daniels experience to happen again, because it's
1: fun.
0: I think we can go forward out in this season and who knows what happened. So let's just end there or end that conversation. And maybe,
2: unless you have more on that, but let, let's let talk about. Oh, well, I have one <laughs> random thing. I have one okay. rant about the OU game. This is, you guys will have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> Because it happened on the broadcast. Anyone that watched at home will know what I'm saying. <laughs> OU, OU had the ball. It was right before Gabriel uh, oh. like Gabriel that scored. And then there was like, a, I guess the ball hit the ground and came out at the end. But whatever OU scored to take the lead again. It was 2.30. And that's when the broadcast was supposed to end, which is crazy anyways. But they just cut out of the game and went to a Jungle Law commercial. And then like two other commercials. They come back from the game. KU's already got the ball back, or OU's going for two at that point. I had no idea what happened. I saw Braden tweeted something about a fumble and Lance being upset. No idea what he was talking about, because I saw Jungle Law on TV while OU's inside the five.
1: Oh, well, what's that?
2: What was that
1: fumble? Because yeah, because no one said it was it really on the Twitter, dude.
2: So that, he, he was yeah. definitely down. The guy reached We're across, wall across Lance, then, Yeah, Lance. Lance
1: after... No, yeah, they scored, and then like Lance on the sideline, like it would definitely it was a clear touchdown. Like he, yeah. he was across the plane, the ball, um, <clears throat> the ground forced the ball to move. Yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but Lance after they scored, like I, I know he does this all game. Like he's just he was pissed at the re- like following him up and down the sideline, pointing at him to come over here. Like so, I didn't know what it was because I knew that was a clear touchdown. But people around us obviously were mad because, like I said, the refs. The brakes didn't go quite go KU's way the entire day, so everyone's just going to be fired up no matter what. But, yeah, that – I don't know. I just didn't know what Lance was that upset about. Like, maybe it was a penalty on the play, but I just didn't – I didn't know. I mean, the jungle law – it's just so funny that it was oh, jungle Lord. law. Like, oh, in Lord. that big of a – Imagine moment. they're flying over the booth with a banner, too. What
0: a time. time for jungle law, like,
2: getting the absolute best money's worth they could have possibly got for that ad, so – um, one more question about the game that we kind of talked about when Venables pussied out and didn't try to score. What was that timeout by Lance? And people kept saying he called timeout to yell at the refs. I mean, dude, dude. wait 20 seconds and let the play clock run out and then call timeout. And yell Maybe he knew I, Venables was soft. might my guess, kill. but dude, I was hot. it made me so mad. And it was at the point where OU was rolling and I was, we got to get seven. We didn't get seven because we can't score inside the five sometimes. Um, but, yeah, no, I just wanted to, like, is there any worry about
1: clock management stuff? I know there was some of that last year, just game I just in general. I'm not sure with him. I just have scars from Andy, Andy Reid, which yeah. one of the best coaches ever, but he did it again today, and it somehow benefited the Chiefs. Um, but, yeah, that was Ryan knows. Um, I guess Ryan hasn't watched enough sports with me. Like he was shocked that I was mad during the game, but
2: well, broke his no, hand. Watched- KJ Lawson had a three. in
0: the- Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, that I guess was I a different That's story. Funny. that was all based around gambling, and maybe this was too. But that I mean, timeout was bad. He was a hey, Beacher was
1: angry. He was very angry, angry little man, not little man. Um, uh, just an angry man. <laughs> That was um, that was a really weird timeout, and I just noticed it right away. And I'm kind of forgetting the situation, but we obviously could have took off like 30 more seconds, or maybe Benables should have called one or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah should we
0: kicked the field goal. Yeah. I mean, that was the worst part. As you call, it was a classic yeah, yeah. meaty moment, right, where you call timeout and punt, or you call timeout and then I know we called a timeout and then ran another play, right. So it wasn't completely Beatty who was calling timeouts and then trotting the field goal unit out. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I mean, it was bad, but I don't want to waste too much time on that because, like, it, no. really, it really didn't matter. And to answer your question about clock management, here's the thing. At the end of that football game, one team had three timeouts left, and it saved them, and it allowed them to win the game. Venables had two left because he blew one early in the second half. I don't even remember
2: why. So, like, mm-hmm. would it mattered? Lance was... well. I, I have questions about the clock management on the KU drive to end the game as well. What, scoring? No, no, not even well, really to that. We have about that, though. There was, there was two minutes left in the game, and we're acting like there's 20 seconds. Like, Jason Bean probably had a few more yards, and we know that's just him. He doesn't want to get hit, runs out of bounds. The pass to Fairchild, he had at least five yards and could have taken a dude one-on-one. Maybe he breaks through. He catches it and steps out of bounds right there. There's like a minute forty five to go. I will it, like it, it, it run some it, clock. You want to burn the clock because it almost happened. Oh, you can go down the field in two seconds and score. Like I would have eight seconds. We don't have that flexibility because we couldn't just score yeah. when we wanted to in the red zone. So we had to yeah. score regardless. And I didn't want it to come down to a field goal at that point. No. But
1: if K has in fine. But yeah, like
2: the stepping out of bounds, like immediately like we had to go down in twenty five seconds was a little mm-hmm.
1: annoying. If, if KU's lining up, like, literally for an 18-yard field goal, what's going through your head? With the way that day went and the extra points in Stillwater, and it's rainy. I mean, but, yeah, they were letting... They were... a pretty solid job, but, yeah, terrifying. But, yeah, OU was obviously letting us score, which they should have mm-hmm. been. Um, but, and I I think you just need to score at that point. But, yeah, I, I don't... That's just a situation that I feel like you could get a bunch of different takes on. Like, us three could all have conflicting takes on that i feel like you should personally fall short of the end zone Um, but like you said what i mean or like i said like the field goal unit you you're just going to be nervous no matter what so do you just go ahead and score or do you fall at the one let time i don't know how many timeouts they had left um but or and then do you let time tick off and run another play and then you got to worry about whether like handing it off and stuff but so i just didn't know what your guys take was on that whole situation
0: I was obviously I would have loved if Neil fall. And I don't even know. I feel like Neil kind of was just a little shocked almost that he got through that far and was going to score. So I don't, I mean, I didn't care because to me, I didn't want it coming down into the wind rain. You've already missed a field goal. ou has got do who know. OU may block the punt. And the other thing I felt decent about it is like I said, Gabriel had hardly thrown the ball at all. Like, I wasn't totally sold that OU was just going to come down and sling the ball around and go on an 80-yard drive to win the game. Now, they completed one just Hail Mary prayer of a pass, which I can't believe we allowed to happen, but I was fine with scoring, um, but it, it was quickly terrifying. AB, you mentioned clock management. I thought, if I were going to question anything, I just thought it was weird, like, on the So hard to keep track of all the possessions late in that fourth quarter, but like I think it was like the first pick being through, or maybe the second, probably first. It felt like there was like two minutes fifty seconds left, and we kind of abandoned the run and started falling in love with the pass, which is what led to the interception. So I don't know if you call that clock management or like game awareness, but I remember us all being frustrated with that. But I don't know. I don't. We were mad. you, You
1: were, you were mad that I was saying we should run. You were saying there's there's two minutes, they got to go quick?
2: I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, oh. he, it was 2.45, and they just picked up a first down after multiple runs with Bean. Uh, then Luke Grimm had a catch on fourth and four. First and 10 for midfield, 2.45 left. Incomplete pass, incomplete pass that should have been picked, and then the pick.
1: Dude, so he completed two big fourth downs then. I forgot Grimm was on fourth down.
2: That one was quickly forgotten because of what happened three plays later, but... <laughs> There was a uh, it was clutch in the moment,
1: um yeah i I just wanted I have to know like what what was going through your guy's head when they did convert that long bomb? They called the p i he still caught it, and then on the last play of the game, I think it was whatever from the twenty three last play of the game, like were you convinced they were gonna score or did you feel okay lag
0: I was very I felt good when it came to the final play, I felt good, but I was very nervous that. They were gonna complete that pass because
1: they. How many plays did they run
0: between that and the very final pass? Two, Um,
1: and they got like a penalty on the first play, so then they started at like the fifteen or something. mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So I was just like, I felt like they were gonna like that was almost gonna snap them into like Gabriel. I I was pretty terrified when they completed that pass. Now when it came down to the final play of the game, after we got a couple stops.
2: Um, God, yeah, Nick just said they ran three plays. Yeah. After that. I mean, that, the man, first one after, after right? was like that little, it took forever to develop and it ended up just dumping it down to the running back who ran for five yards, but it took Which like means, 10 seconds off the clock. God. Terrible. I mean, the other thing that was crazy to me, maybe our pass rush is just better than I thought. We were getting home on that two Hail Mary attempts like immediately. Yeah. The first one, I, I can't remember if it was Booker or who. Booker hit him on the, the end of the game, maybe, but yeah. there was one that got like. Gabriel's trying to throw and he underthrew it by ten yards because he got hit two seconds into his drop back. That's the thing.
0: Like we've spent this whole episode and obviously talking about Jason Bean, but like the defense <laughs> was phenomenal in that second half, especially. And yeah, like you said, they they did not make that easy. Whereas, like I I can't believe. Like I know where Bean made a great pass on the fourth and six or whatever. AB but or B turn, but like. How was Arnold that open? It was like they were running a prevent offense or defense, but we only needed a field goal. Like even if Arnold doesn't run after the catch, we're
2: probably winning the Post to field game. goal. Yeah, that was weird. What? Yeah. What was your guys' confidence level in the kicking game? Where did you guys think we had to get to to attempt a field goal? Because I was thinking inside anything outside of the ten yard line, yeah. I would be convinced that he would miss, and anything outside of scoring a touchdown, I would be horrified. Leading I need his – so, there's it so nine,
1: many
0: variables it there it too. Nine, I need it inside 39 yards, inside
1: 3. What the heck? He just yeah. missed a 43-yard short. short. And he's like – there's a lot of variables too because, yeah, they're, the wind's coming at his face. Um, he He's kicking balls like too low. Like that's on those extra points in Stillwater. I feel like he did it again um, on Saturday on the field goal to end the half. But, yeah, it was like – I didn't want to kick a field goal at all. That's why I don't really have that many issues with going with just get Neil getting in the end zone. But yeah, I want to on the, on the defense. Um, Jesus, I forgot what I was going to say, but defense the, go, no, no, no. So going into halftime, 21, 17, they had the ball coming out, which maybe that's why Venables just went into halftime, but we come out and we're at halftime. Um, we're like, dude, if they score here, we're it's 28, 17. We're probably done and they're just getting stops after stops, and the offense really didn't do much um, for OU. So, yeah, the defense was tremendous, and they got every big stop. Like, they could have went up two scores very easily on us multiple times because I don't think we even scored after that stop. So they got multiple stops where OU could have went up two scores.
2: Oklahoma yeah. had 13 drives when you take out the kneel down at the end of the half, and they only scored 33 points, that feels like
1: yeah. So, what were their? T- so, think about their scores in the second half then, because they had twenty-one at half, and then one of them came off of Bean's pick where they started at like the fifteen, and then yeah. what was the other one? Was what well, was that the uh, one where Gabriel scored, or is that? Pull it up. Uh, they scored two touchdowns, I think, because they didn't get either two-point conversion. So I'm trying to get
2: yeah, where the other touchdown. They, uh, they had a other. drive early so they fumbled then bean had the long touchdown run for us to go five and then oh you went 75 yards In i'm trying to even they had a big pass to drake stoops for like 40 yards other than that it was short
1: yeah and then one of them was a fumble we think we recovered inside the 10 one of them was a dropped kickoff from trevor wilson where they scored really quickly so that's that's three touchdown drives right there that like our being at least handed them one so yeah our defense was great like they had success running it there for a little bit around halftime but then they got every big stop imaginable and then the three and out after um Mm we being through that pick on the screen they could have they could have wrapped it up right there and the game's over I'm sure OU fans thought it was over but yeah the defense was just really good yeah huge and so
0: We, we've got to talk. I mean, we, we've already gone 53 minutes here and I still want to talk about what the future could possibly hold for this, for this football team. And I think the fact that like, I mean, we've mentioned the defense Booker, I mean, Booker looks like a straight up pro out there. He's phenomenal. And like AB said, we looked better than Oklahoma an Oklahoma team that just beat Texas like two or three weeks ago an Oklahoma team that had a chance to make the college football playoff until we beat them. It is not at all crazy, and we have been doing this now for two years where we get after, we done with a win and we all get on here and we kind of joke around, we kind of get really excited. Uh, Nick said it on the last pod when he filled in for you guys. It was something like hole, <laughs> or I can't even remember who said it. It's like day one or the Monday after a game, you're feeling one way. Tuesday, you're feeling a little better. Wednesday, you're feeling better. And then Thursday, you're like convinced you're going to – win the conference, and by Friday, I butchered the hell out of that quote, but by Friday, you're convinced you're going to win the uh, the national championship. And, like, that is classic what we do if we, you know, by the end of a week, we are so sold on Kansas football doing major things, and we've been laughed at. People, some of our listeners absolutely love it. But here's our chance to legitimately discuss – The possibility of Kansas winning out and playing in a Big 12 title game. I guess, A.B., I'm sure you've dug into this. Do you know a route that makes you feel good?
2: I'll tell you the one, and I don't know if this is the easiest path, but it's definitely the one I've thought about the most due to hype and excitement for a certain game. Let's go into my hypothetical world here, and imagine K-State beats Texas this week in Austin. Without Quinn Ewers, not impossible. I think it's like a six-point spread. Like they could absolutely win that game. Yeah, KU wins in Ames. KU beats Texas Tech at home next week. K State beats Baylor next week. Right there, we're looking at eight and two KU versus eight and two K State. K State six and one in the conference. KU's five and two in the conference. That gives Iowa State another loss. Texas another loss. The only other two teams above KU in the standings are Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, who play each other next week. And, you know, let's just root for Boomer sooner boomer sooner because we got the tiebreaker of them as it comes to it. Yeah. But that's my whole thing. Can you just imagine that game in Lawrence, Kansas, K U K State? Both teams at that point would probably be top fifteen. Top fifteen, it's game day, a hundred percent.
1: Um so oh, man. What if obviously we, we want to look at that K U K state matchup with like both of us. Win. What if Texas beats K State? Like, would that that would still help us, right? And that's, that's going to be Steve's like the more realistic route, isn't it? Because even we wouldn't be like technically in trouble, right? If Texas, if Texas wins, because at that point well, you probably assume Texas yeah. is in the game. We've got to assume to be another team, regardless.
2: Well, there's so there's five teams that are four and one right now: uh, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas, K State. KU takes care of business, that's two of them that are gone. You're just going to have to hope that I, – I don't know. I mean, honestly, our best route to get in is probably to play Oklahoma State in the championship. Is that crazy? KU-Oklahoma State this year? If Oklahoma State wins in Bedlam next week and OU has two losses and Texas loses to K-State, they have two wow. losses. The tiebreakers are crazy. I have no idea what they are, what they could be, what they will be. It's so hard to like pick this apart right now because there's – Seven yeah. teams within one game, in the first place. So, like, I I don't even know how to approach it, to be honest. But yeah, and
0: God, dude, the issue is like Oklahoma State. If they win this weekend, they are not losing again. I mean, they're oh, you're gonna, oh, they got OU. Yeah. yeah. So if they beat OU, Oklahoma State, to me, they've got a huge a bad Houston team.
1: They've got a bad. They got all the newcomers. They got BYU but then, still. But if they win and then Texas loses to K-State, then Texas has two. That means OU has two losses. We would have two. Um, K-State has what? Who have they lost to? Oklahoma State. Is that it? Yeah, In- they to yeah, as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't— I think yeah. we're going to have to win out, and
2: we're going to have to hope for some help too, I think. I, I don't know what the tiebreakers are going to look like, but if it's like highest-ranked team, we're probably not going to beat out Texas. But, so would you would you agree that here on out, K State probably has the toughest schedule of all the teams left? None of them look that horrifying to be honest.
0: K State's got to go to Kansas. Texas. They've got Baylor. They've got to go to the Booth. People forget have not lost there yet this year. Um, and then they've got to go, or then they've got Iowa State, who Farmageddon, yeah, their real rival. there. So I'm not saying K State's like it's gonna be a gauntlet, but if they were gonna if there was any team on the list that you could say could easily drop two lo- or lose two more games,
2: it would be them, I think, other than the maybe, well, not us. We're not losing two more games, no chance. Yeah, let me fine. let me tell you one thing. I just looked it up with our we draft hangs just to see what the odds were for the Big 12 championship. Yeah. We're still 35 to one, boys. Still quite the long shot. <laughs>
0: Why did I jump to the Big 12 championship? Why did I do this? Why didn't we just start with, like, can we win a game? Can we win nine games? Can we win? But uh, I just, That's, I guess I forget. It's, I forget how much some of the teams suck.
1: Like UCF well, is terrible. Houston's terrible. Also, it's terrible. like, it, I know these combos are crazy, and last year we were pretty nuts for talking about Arlington because we just weren't there yet. But, dude, I mean, we just talked about it. Like, we were we were better than Oklahoma, one of the biggest brands in the country, obviously one of the best um, teams in the league, and our quarterback didn't play that well. A lot of things went against us. And then even in, te- even in Austin, yeah, they had 650 yards. We didn't have our quarterback, and it was a one-possession game with – What late in the three minutes left in the third quarter? So they've shown they can compete and they can beat anyone. Even we said that about TCU last year, where we were in that game late. So it's not—I don't think it's crazy to have those combos, but it's just wild that we've closed in the gap that much compared to the top teams in the Big 12 like this quickly. And obviously, I want to win out. But a thought and conversation I had with some friends yesterday was nine and three, and you have a bowl game to win double digit win double digits. Ten wins. Um and they'd go ten and three, like year free in the light bulb era. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the more realistic thing
0: we should be talking about, but I just feel like this was the one time it was like not crazy to talk about a route to the Big Twelve title because the Big Twelve is chaos.
1: Um but yeah, more, and, a lot more this week. And teams up top play each other, like K&K yeah. State, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Texas, K State. So yeah, I, I just I don't want to go through every game individually and just break down the teams, but I guess A.B. and Rye, obviously, but I talk, talk to me how you feel about the remaining four games. Like, who do we win them all? Do we lose one or two? Who are you most nervous about?
0: I think I'm very worried about the turnaround from such an emotional win over OU. You're going in against Iowa State, who's not flashy, and it's kind of felt like Iowa state had gone from like that up and coming program. And now we've kind of like taken their spot as that storyline in the conference. And Matt is kind of just sitting there lingering, still really good coach. The team, half their team got kicked off the team for gambling. Just kidding. But they had all that stuff going on, but like they've sneaky been good. And so that's the game I'm worried about is like, are we going to show up to a crazy environment and just kind of be stunned at how good and physical and, tough this Iowa State team is, so that game does scare me, um, but the thing I'm trying really hard to do is not let past, you know, we've said it time and time again, but not let past experiences where when we showed up for big, big 12 games, it was like we were just not there physically, talent-wise, anything. We are now. We are. We belong on the same field as Iowa State. We've been better than Iowa State this season, I think. And if Jalen Daniels is playing, I think that takes it to a whole another level. So I would say outside of obviously the K-State one, the Iowa State one is very much, I'm worried that, not that we won't take them serious, but maybe we just don't know how truly good that they could be. And and it's a road game. So I don't know. What do you think, A.B.?
2: Yeah, I kind of agree. It's like the biggest natural letdown spot in the history of the world. But (laughs) again, like kind of speaks to like, we want J.D. back if JD comes back, does that give the team a whole nother boost or does that make it a distraction that they're changing things up? Like, I wouldn't think so. Everyone loves no, JD. I so like if, if we'll, yeah. And that's what kind of makes me think like if he is back different game plan, they're really moving on. Cause it's a completely different look than it was literally yesterday. Um, but I don't want to like get in my mind too much about JD coming back or not. Cause at this point, Frankly, I don't know you guys feel. I'm tired of thinking about it, I'm tired of talking about it, and I'm tired of worrying about it. I'm just waiting until Saturday whoever goes out goes out, and that's going to determine my mood for the rest of the weekend.
0: I think I'll be at the same point as you are right now mentally if he does not play Saturday. To me, not playing him Saturday against OU kind of felt like, well, you know, if we lose to OU we're okay. It's really these next four games that we really need to go get. Um, Give him an extra week, but you're now in a spot where we just talked about where the odds are stacked against you, but you're still in a spot where if you went out, you can make the big twelve title game and if you if he was available if needed on Saturday and doesn't play this Saturday, yeah, I'm kind of just over it like it there's something that would just be very weird to me, so mm-hmm. uh I don't know what about you b turn
1: um i don't even I don't know what I'm supposed to answer, but I'm just sitting here thinking like we need j d so I feel like we need him Saturday in that environment. Like, yeah, being it's the older, older QB, more experience. I can't even think of too many road games that uh, JD has won. Obviously, he won at Texas as a youngin, but I. It just feels like an environment that's obviously going to be crazy. Jack Trice, like Iowa State fans, as much as they bother me, they're they're nuts. They even if. For the Big 12 tournament, they show up like their fans. They show up. They're loud. Um, Hilton's crazy. Like that. That place at night is wild. So it feels like a game. We need JD's decision making and composure. Um, and I hate to do this, but I wanted to say it on the Oklahoma State um, preview episode. But Jason Bean in his career has one road win as a starter, even including North Texas. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I mean, I hate to be negative. I'm just, that's
0: just the thing. JD. That's the thing about Jalen Bean or Jason Bean is that uh, it is a there. It's mental. It's not talent. It is mental. But um, the thing about it is, Jalen Daniels won at Houston last year. He won at West Virginia in a huge, I mean, overtime game. Like you, I mean, you you nailed it. But now's the time. It is time for Jalen Daniels to play and to be the starting quarterback of Kansas. Because we now have a four-game stretch ahead of us that could end up being, I mean, the best like ending to a season ever. Even if we end up, even if we drop one, and like you said, we end nine and three. What bowl game are we going to in that scenario? Like, we are officially in a spot where this season could be extremely, extremely special. And mm-hmm. I can't, I cannot handle another game where Jalen Daniels does not play. I just yeah. he needs to be out there. He needs to.
1: And like you tweeted, Big 12 Preseason Player of the Year, and we're out here beating technically the best team in the league, at <laughs> least record-wise and ranking-wise. And at Texas, like I said, we had a chance. I tell myself that we couldn't have won without J.D. no matter what, but who knows? That whole game plan was wrecked. Um, but yeah, we without the Big 12 Preseason Player of the Year, when you have like Quinn Ewers, Dylan Gabriel, Will Howard, all of them, hasn't really been playing, and they're still beating premier programs is wild to me. So yeah i I wanted to ask, and you guys can answer it quickly. But what what do you think the percentages are? Ku plays in the Big Twelve title game if they win out.
0: I mean, they on the odds, I, I just go off Vegas, and I'm pretty gutted that those are the odds. I I mean, I knew we were like
1: to I would have thought it? it was
0: closer to like twenty to one to win it. It's thirty five to one. Oh, to okay. win yeah. yeah. Oh. I was going to say, that sounded so wrong to me. So what
2: is it to make they don't have that? I I didn't look. Um, But it's got to be because we're going to be, we're underdogs this week. I bet we're underdogs against Mm K-State. And I think Vegas still loves Tech for some reason. we will probably be a pretty close line for that one. So it's probably a lot of, we don't get to play Houston. We don't get to play Baylor, UCF again. Like A little bit of a tougher route considering the bottom of the Big 12, I guess.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, like I said, I think it's, it's very, it's a long shot because a lot would have to happen. Some good teams would have to lose to some bad teams in the process. But I just, I want the, there's nothing more fun. It's same with like the NCAA tournament, talking about your route to a Final Four or talking about your route to a one seed or what needs to happen in this conference tournament to get there. I just want that to be a thing these next few weeks. You win this week and then we're sitting here saying, all right. Well, Oklahoma State beat OU. So now here's what we need to happen. Like, I don't know the odds, but I just want to stay in the game. I want to have a chance and I want that K State game. I mean, if we if it happens, like we laid it out to where eight and two versus eight and two top fifteen teams, and I know we need to wrap up so we shouldn't spend a lot of time on this, but like that's the biggest
1: is that the biggest sunflower showdown ever? It has to
2: be. That's the biggest football game in the history of Lawrence, Kansas.
1: Can can you imagine having the implications uh, on the last game of the year against Cincy? Like, if you win, you have a chance to make the Big Twelve title. I will be nervous as a mother, (laughs) like because they are not good. But you know it'll be they're not that bad. Yeah, I don't know. I regardless though, having something to play for every week, like you're never if you win week by week, you're not going to be out of the race. You know, like Oklahoma State, it felt like when we lost, that was the end of the world, and I wanted to cry, and I did, and I melted down, and it felt like the big 12 title race was over, but I mean, teams are going to beat up on each other. Like we said, K state plays a couple big 12 title contending teams on um, the rest of the year. So teams are obviously going to lose um, with, if you went out, I think you have a chance.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was going to say uh, before we wrapped up, I was very proud of us for not talking about how much it sucked that we could be seven and one. Ryan. And very, and we're not going to yeah. talk about it. I'm just going to say Damn I'm brought it up to end the episode. I'm proud of us for not talking about it. It was very mature of us. So credit to us for not wasting 30 minutes talking about that, and now we can't because we have
1: to go. But um, And also, Oklahoma State's a good football team. We didn't think you know, they were. South Alabama pumped them at home, but, yeah, they're 6-2. and two. Gunny's a great coach. Ollie Gordon is a freak. So, they yeah, they're just,
2: This is to back-to-back years. I've given you guys a sleeper to win the Big 12 at the beginning of the year, and they both have looked very good. TCU last year, Oklahoma
1: State this year. Sorry, boys.
0: I'll never understand the South Alabama game,
1: but whatever. Yeah. Imagine finishing 10 and 2, regardless. Yeah. If you're playing I a mean, big 12 title yeah. game or not.
0: Yeah. So let's wrap this up. This was fun, but the good news is we've got a lot of football still to talk about. We're getting to the point where we can start researching bowl locations, mm-hmm. uh, scenarios like that. Um, so. I just I, I can't believe we're in a spot that we are. We're six and freaking two. We just beat a top-ten team, and our starting quarterback is not even back yet, and I think <laughs> he'll going to be back this Saturday against Iowa State. So uh, that's all I got. Um, B-Turn, you, you have anything else you want to add, or are we just ready to wrap this up?
1: No, I just wanted to say Hawks are bowling in um, back-to-back oh, years for the oh, s- second time in program history. That they've been bowling back to back years. But yeah, I was going to say we should do our research on bowls and see like what Big 12 teams have won close to nine or so games. Like I thought about K-State playing Bama last year, which was pretty wild. Their fans were obviously pumped, but that took them winning the Big 12 title. So I don't know how that would work. But yeah, it'd be fun to play like a powerhouse and hopefully not everyone sits. But yeah, still a lot more to play for than a bowl game. And hopefully, like, Florida. I'm not trying to go to a cold-weather
2: state, but we'll see. The the two projections on ESPN right now are KU versus Texas A&M in Houston or KU versus Maryland in Phoenix. So that should work for the warmer-weather location, I guess. Yeah. Phoenix would be sick. You could play as much golf as you want in the middle of yeah, December. i just go for the week.
0: Um, all right, well, that's it. We'll talk more bowl games next week, but uh, thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week. Rock Chalk. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform KC Sports Network.